Welcome back to a brand new episode of Two Please. I'm your host Abin, and I'm your co-host Rohit. So today we're going to talk about um, what Abin and I are calling the uh, the AMCU, which is the the Ayushman Misery Cinematic Universe. <laughs> by which by which we mean um, all of the social cause movies that uh, Ayushman Khurana does so brilliantly. Uh, by misery why we call it misery because at the end the heart of each of these movies is some sort of sad issue that that uh, the movie manages to give a, a sort of funny and heartfelt take on yeah heartfelt mm-hmm. twist on but uh, yeah so we're, we're going to we've decided to call it the amcu and that's what that's what we're going to do for the rest of the episode uh you want to give your thoughts about ayushman in general a bit and uh, you know what uh, his career outside of the amcu before we sort of dive in uh yeah okay so <laughs> i did not come up with the amcu it's i leave that entirely rohit's uh brainchild but i do have thoughts on ayushman khurana uh but before i have thoughts on ayushman khurana let's start the show let's bring in a beautiful gloria swanson who's been waiting in the wings oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am Now the episode is live. Let's talk about Ayushman Khurana. Well, yeah, but what what my particular thoughts on this tour was? I I think we need to talk about. I mean, we uh, we've spoken about this in the past, but our first in, encounter with Ayushman Khurana came as as it did to many millennials growing up in India in two thousand in the in the early two thousands. Ayushman Khurana is famous for winning the second seed of second season of Rodies, uh, and there is his audition yeah. trip is is very much. uh on youtube you can go check it out he was this journalist student from Ch- uh, a mascom student from mascom uh, student yeah uh, from from chandigarh and uh, he ultimately ends up winning the whole thing and i remember rodies was this big cultural phenomenon at least to at least till, till the late 2000s and then it kind of fizzled out uh, very much uh very much is a uh, a show for the times that we were that we were living in yeah absolutely cannot work yeah. today it's too chauvinistic and too toxic and that whole bully culture yeah at this time uh, but doesn't uh, anymore the whole voting out thing oh my god this wow some of it was just absolutely disgusting but i guess i guess drama is drama um but then yes uh, he ends up going into the tv route does a lot of um host gigs a lot of music uh, radio shows and then i think in the summer of 2012 he uh, gets a huge hit in wiki donor which we'll get to so but he starts his career off with wiki donor then does he has two missteps with uh, i think not anki sala and bevakufia both low budget films but don't end up doing anything for his career then he has another movie called hawaii zade which again doesn't take off uh, very well he then does dam laga ke haisha which is um a big hit for him then he does meri pyari bindu and um in 2017 i think 27 2018 are, are pivotal years for ashwan khurana because uh back he has two back to back hits one is bareilly ke barfi which he is not the centerpiece of uh it's in my opinion kriti sanon's film and the second he is entirely the centerpiece of uh which is shiram raghavan's andadun uh again i mean this tabu no of course it's, it's unfair to say it's entirely his film tabu mm. sort of no but i but feel yeah, like the na- the narrative the narrative is yeah. built around his character yeah. while and yes even with brilliki barfi the, the narrative does involve his character but uh the barfi or so character in the film is based uh entirely on kriti sanon so he has these two massive hits now have you seen either of those uh, either of these films yeah man i've seen both <laughs> like, both both of them are hard to miss especially andadun and in fact on andadun 
Abhin and I have both discussed. We need to do a, a full-fledged Sri Ram Raghavan episode at some point soon. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I think he is India's answer to. He is the quintessential noir director. I feel mm-hmm. uh, he excels in that genre of films. Again, we won't get too much into. We we spare that for the episode. But uh, mm. of course, I have watched another one. I've watched it. Think two, three times uh, so far. I love love the movie. Mm-hmm. The I mean. in an ideal scenario there could be i could nitpick and say there are parts of the movie that i could have changed but for the most part it's an amazing ride again enjoyed i think i'm only seen it once but i enjoyed the movie i've seen both of them really nice mm-hmm. so like you said outside of the amcu um <laughs> with the exception of these missteps these are the two big films that you can say ayushman mm-hmm. um was a part of and definitely benefited from but yeah. by and large the image that he has cultivated uh however much of it was by his own volition at least at the start mm-hmm. today what he has is is largely shaped by the sort of movies he does within the amcu yeah i think uh, so i mean before we jump into the amcu quick final thoughts on on andadun because i i adore 80% of that movie and the last 20% that film just falls because as uh, there is one twist too many like in that in that yeah i think that it it kind of jumps the shark right at the end and until then it is a very taut tightly paced thriller um bird ke barfi also but is also some movie i didn't watch when it came out but i watched it a few years later and i really enjoyed it uh i even when tanu mez manu came out all, all the way back in the day i i hope that film holds a special place for me i wasn't a big fan of two i think one is probably uh, the better film mm. um but when, i mean it's the same aesthetic it's the same sort of um as you mentioned um a up setting where you have this one girl who is um and who is fascinated by somebody who may have may or may not have written a story about her but that being said let's start off with the amcu because i feel even to the i don't think bareilly ke barfi gets made if certain dominoes don't fall into place and i think mm-hmm. this is the the so this is kind of where it all began so in 2012 i think 2012 is we are well into the the rebirth of the 70s action hero which i think had made a roaring comeback thanks to to one big south indian remake thanks to saman khan's wanted and of course uh, the bang had come out by then uh, i think rowdy rathore was also in theaters uh, yes Singham or Singham was out. Singham was twenty twelve. Twenty thirteen, I think. Okay, but, but yes, I mean, it was, was that. When was Himmatwala? Which I think for me is the low point of that. Himmatwala, I think, was twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. I think Himmatwala was kind it was of like too late yeah, to the scene. It was too late. Tashan was too early, but that's a talk topic for another day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, so it's very much you have these over the top action heroes a pot boiler masala films bollywood is embraced it's forgotten channel it's gone back given up the whole yuppie generation and have kind of traded it all for uh you know uh, for for middle class families with larger than life superheroes uh and in the middle of all of this john abraham decides to go into production and he enlists the help uh, the, the help of a director called shudir sarkar who at this point had done a movie called yaha starring minisha lamba and jimmy shergill and it was mm-hmm. a movie that was stuck in production hell for many a year i remember this because one it had really nice songs wasn't getting a distributor and that was where i first heard the name shudit sarkar and i really liked his aesthetic as well and then he came out with um a movie called vicky dona starring ayushman khurana and yami gautam and anu kapoor in uh, a pretty hilarious um, role this movie when it dropped like it it doesn't really it's not the most conventional film it talks about sperm donors and when it dropped nobody anticipated the reaction it would get yeah true i think um, i don't think anyone had uh, a sperm donor movie in their 2012 bingo uh, yeah so <laughs> uh, a bit out of the blue and um, a surprising issue to i mean if i look at chronologically the order of uh, the amcu in terms of Uh, how awkward the issues get that he tackles sperm donor sperm donor is probably a little further down there are some of the other movies which are relatively little more vanilla 
the eyes for the audience into the whole situation mm-hmm. it's anu kapoor for me who is the heart of the film because uh, while he is a sort of comic relief and uh, you know most of the hilarious moments in the film uh, have him involved he's also the person who steers ayushman khurana's character through the whole journey tells him why it's not wrong to be doing what he's doing when he does have a crisis the inevitable crisis of faith in the narrative yeah. and uh, in fact through ayushman khurana's character he's telling the audience why it's not my uh, sperm mm-hmm. donation is not a bad thing so in that sense he is entrusted with uh, delivering the core message of the film and anukapur does a stellar job of it in my opinion anukapur ends up bringing the audience into the film and then invest he like his character's role is to invest uh, is to have the audience invest their interest in ayushman khurana's character Yeah, which he does yeah. uh, uh, which he does as you mentioned a very stellar job and i think it's also helped that yami gautam who's in this movie i think is, is terrific because the two have some really interesting and very nice chemistry and that relationship as a whole sells a lot of what this movie is trying to do and yeah you know, i haven't seen wiki and wiki dona in a minute it's been it's been a while but uh, you remember it was when when it launched uh it had obviously it had that one song that everyone was saying it was on it was on the yeah. airwaves and it i think it ultimately garnered him a film karl rashman khurana film fair award as well because he won he won best singer. actor and best singer like mm. bro at this point he was just showing off yeah i mean so he ended up with with both and uh, uh and yeah like you said a uh, quick word on yami gautam i think career best performance to date <laughs> Uh, yeah. she hasn't yeah. to my to in my opinion done much of note since uh, mm-hmm. although i hope she can turn that around but yeah all in all a good a great debut and mm-hmm. uh, a herald for things to come in the amcu <laughs> the amcu i'm going to keep saying it dude i'm like keep seeding the stuff he does this then he uh, has a few missteps and then in 2015 he does a movie with bhumi parnekar called dam laga ke haisha movie i have not seen but every, but everyone around me has so at, at, that's at this point i've kind of seen it through their eyes uh but i think you've seen this one so yeah i've seen dam laga ke haisha now for me this is a slightly curious one because uh, when we were discussing which movies would make the cut uh into the amcu uh, mm-hmm. this one was a bit of a borderline case for me because a the the issue at the at the heart of this film which is about i would say fat acceptance because mm. bhumi character bhumi patnekar's uh, character is somebody who's a little bit on the heavier side and that's mm. it. i mean they make the whole thing as literal as possible there's a wife carrying competition in the film which i mean who even i don't i don't know like <laughs> how how that logically makes sense why is there a wife carrying competition i don't know but um, so they tackle it in the most literal sense but that to me is not the core of the movie it's not about fat acceptance the movie is generally about acceptance of your partner the way they are because the other larger track uh, in the narrative here is 
these two people realize through the course of the film that they're very different uh, mm-hmm. uh interests desires or drives and it's completely different and um, obviously it's an arranged marriage and the whole journey of the film is them trying to reconcile with how they are different from each other and uh, you know have feelings for each other despite that so to me in this film the whole fat acceptance issue is a bit incidental i don't know how uh, i don't know how uh, deliberate that is uh, or whether that just happens with how the final edit of the movie uh, came mm. out so while fat acceptance technically is an issue that's tackled in the film i don't know whether it does it uh, does a good job of it and to what extent uh, it's uh, it's addressed in the film i'm a little uh, unsure of that so i would say this is sort of like a, a semi entry into the cinematic <laughs> universe but <laughs> the amcu uh, into the amcu but uh, it's a nice movie i mean uh, our uh, arbitrary criteria apart standalone mm. it's a nice movie about um, like arranged marriages are a thing in india right whether we like mm. it or not it's it's mm. a it's a social construct that is debatable whose success is debatable it's very subjective for some people it's worked out uh, serendipitously while for some it's not but uh, this movie talks about compromise and understanding and how there's something you can uh, find in every person to like whoever you're with so it's a nice it's got a nice message nothing revolutionary uh, nothing like a wiki donor or nothing okay. like a lot of the other movies uh, that we'll uh, go on to talk about but a nice nice watch is and bumi barnika possibly is like is is the heart and soul of this film right Yes yes actually that's the other thing it's it's not as much ayushman khurana's movie as it is bumi padnekar's mm-hmm. one obviously that's the way the narrative is and obvi- and the second being bumi padnekar is a rock star so mm-hmm. yeah like i'm like ayushman for it yeah so i think very much i think he 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 does have well, he picks he picked two films i think this and and uh, barali ki baat hui thi address earlier where the the lead ca- where he plays second fiddle to the lead character and i think that in a way people remember him in the movie they also remember, i mean it's not like he's in like this forgotten aspect of it he's still very much a prevalent part of the film but he does not he's still good in his role while not taking away the attention from from the main character and yeah. i think yeah. that's some that's something uh, ayushman khurana has has been very effective at, at doing uh and then by now i think 2015 after damdaga ke ayshad kind of pulls him back in he does meri pyari bindu which was again i didn't don't, don't think it did very well i was very intrigued by the film but then when i heard what it like how it how the story played out i wasn't the most pressed to go catch it uh barli ki barfi comes out massive hit uh and then andadun the year after and i think around this time he starts to i think andadun is what catapults him into the stratosphere of like the top actors in in india now he's in the big leagues like you have your your runvirs you have the three khans of course you have um uh, ranbir kapoor and ranbir singh and then you have this dude who is considered bankable and which which is absolutely boggles the mind because the, the man has literally gotten to where he's gotten based on the kind of scripts he's picked and i think he's the last uh... with the exception of sharukh of course mm-hmm. the la, currently the biggest non nepotist product in mm-hmm. in the film industry i mean yeah ranbir is what is ranbir even in now i don't know why he's even touted to be relevant i, I see thing is ranbir i i feel he's about with brahmastra that's coming out this year i think i he's in for a i personally look at seen the first look at that thing and gone oh you're about to make the abhishek bachchan drona mistake and it looks like he's making the drona mistake i, I believe he's he's trusted ayan mukherjee but i just feel that movie is about to have several missteps and plummet in the wrong direction awesome uh, okay uh ranveer i don't know ranveer i, I think there's there is a ranveer has range I that's again we'll talk about that in Uh, on another episode i'm not saying ranbir is a bad actor i think ranbir is, is in in itself it, it is it's almost like something he inherits uh, because uh, uh, even in savarya which is a movie that a lot of people don't like he is the best part of it and he does he does tragedy very well like real really well 
and i mm. guess that's and he's of course he's he he can dance he he's he's immortal so he's so he's the the he's a more conventional superhero but he can also superstar you mean su- su- yeah, superstar i'm sorry yeah i'm so sorry i don't know why i keep going to superheroes it's amc you think it's the really amc yeah. yeah it's really throwing me off <laughs> okay anyway but uh, uh let's get back I, to ayushman khurana i mean to take parallels from the whole amc you think i think uh, in in damlaya uh, ke haisha you find the the natasha romanoff and bruce banner partnership of bhumi pednekar and uh, ayushman khurana <laughs> and uh, you will see that they go on to team up for a lot of films uh, in the next in the coming years uh, mm-hmm. in fact the next of which we want to talk about is uh, 2017's uh, shubhmangal savdhan mm-hmm. which again has bhumi patnekar and uh, ayushman and uh, again it's an arranged marriage sort of scenario i think uh, there's a sort of template that you see emerging it's it's this whole uh, middle class sort of north indian setting where mm-hmm. the initial events of the movie are sort of engineered and out of control of ayushman's ca- character's hands mm-hmm. and then the crux of the issue gets introduced and the rest of the movie goes into resolution that's the sort of template that his movies follow mm-hmm. you just switch out the issues as and when as, as and when the like as and when you require which is i mean not a bad thing in this case mm. it, it's the same thing so bhumi padnekar and his character get uh, get married uh, they i mean their families get married and then you realize on the night of that he's not able to perform because he has erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. so i mean uh, for a movie to come out and you know straight up say it is kudos to them and i mean uh, with erectile dysfunction at least this is my point of view one is obviously there's the whole tabooness of sex but also stuff like erectile dysfunction or say premature ejaculation where it comes to uh, sexual performance uh, mm-hmm. this is not just india i would say globally there's this whole uh, macho image uh, there's whole toxic masculinity that uh, even men are expected to sort of adhere to or else you are made to look like less of a man mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stress that goes with keeping up that whole image and you don't men don't talk about these issues even to their closest friends yeah. and for uh, someone to make a movie about it and someone like ayushman to say you know what i'll i'll be the face of that movie i'll be the face of <laughs> i'll be the face of erectile dysfunction in, in bollywood so yeah. i mean hats off to him and the movie does a fairly sen- i mean it's a very sensitive treatment on the subject Mm-hmm. uh again doesn't go too much down the whole crass j- jokes route there's enough levity for people to enjoy the cinema going experience because at the end of the day you go to the movies to feel something it could be uh tragedy it could be uh, humor whatever it is right the movie does make you feel and leaves you with a with a great message mm-hmm. um at the core of all of the movies in the mcu is the idea is to induce some empathy in the viewer about that topic and the uh, and uh, shubhmangal savdhan does that really well uh, and what i also like about the movie is not that it ends unambiguously it's a sort of open ending ish uh, place where they leave you where you you see that these two are now comfortable with each other uh, they are uh, you know happy in each other's company which at the heart of ed is the whole uh, self confidence issue and yeah. you see him having resolved that and it's implied that they're now happy with each other they don't really show him you know like like rock yeah. hard at the end or something <laughs> so which which i appreciated have have you watched uh, the movie i haven't seen this no i have uh, this is a movie it it came at a time where i was moving and i didn't even know what the movie was about until a year later a year later somebody mm. mentioned it to me and i was like for me i because when you hear a title like shubhmangal sahatan i at this point i'd come out of uh, i just watched badrinath ki dulhani i think a year in the same year if i'm not in, if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken but when i ended up and i remember having a a distinctly visceral reaction to it i was like i hate everything about this movie and for a while i'm probably going to step away from the the north indian um, middle class uh, formulaic film because i was like i've seen too much of these in the last couple of years i i don't want to go anywhere near it then a year later as like as leaving as like oh oh this movie is about erectile dysfunction okay it's intriguing i'll put that on my list but then a lot of things have happened both the shubhmangal as a matter of fact i have not been able to catch 
uh, even though I have seen about, I, I mean, I, the latter I've seen about 25 to 30 minutes and I think is, and it's, it's, it is, it's pretty good, but this, this is definitely on my list. And, but unfortunately for me, where I stay, it's not available on prime because there's some weird Eros now nonsense. And I'm not about to pay $8 a month for you to watch Hindi movies. But Eros, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> but I'll catch it. Eventually I will. You should, you should. And, um, I think what we should now do is uh, jump the time, timeline a little bit uh, because mm-hmm. there is a sequel to this movie. I think it makes mm-hmm. more sense if we if we talk about them both together and yeah. then move on to the next okay. film. So um, talking about the second uh, entry in this, I mean, it's, it's a sort of sequel. I don't think it's a sequel to the movie. It, it's mm-hmm. in the... Spiritual sequel. It uses, yeah, it's a spiritual sequel. Yes. In, so, in, the, um, in the AMCU, you have the... S, no. the SMCU or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I tried. But, I tried. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you tried. You tried. <laughs> so, Shubhanga Jada tackles a different issue. It's about uh, a, a gay relationship between the lead character played by Jitendra Kumar, who I'm really happy for. He started out from TVF. He's done Kota Factory. He's a really good mm-hmm. actor who I'm, I'm glad to see get roles, uh, more and more prominent roles. So the relationship bit, uh, is between him and Ayushman Khurana's character. Uh, again, the movie is really endearing. The Jitendra Kumar's uh, family, the whole, uh, all the characters in his family are really nice. Uh, there's a whole uh, acceptance and understanding arc through the movie. You see the family come to terms with who his uh, who their son is. Mm-hmm. All of that's really nice. The only two issues uh, that I have, uh, one, I feel the movie is a little late. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, it's a little late for its time. I mean, it's 2020. Uh, we've had 377 come and go and come and go again. Like yeah. so it's been a, you've had that pendulum already, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is not, you're not shedding uh, light on an issue that people haven't spoken about. Uh, so I felt it's a little, I mean, if it is a movie that wants to be in that whole AMC mm-hmm. space, it's a little late for it. And uh, that's A. And B, I feel I felt Ayushman Kurana's character was a little gimmicky. His portrayal mm. was, I don't know how much of that is a function of the director. Mm. But his portrayal is a little gimmicky. It's a little insulting almost to, to LGBTQ people. But that's my opinion as somebody who is not part of that community. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just an outsider opinion. Yeah, those were the only two kind of issues I had. Again, mm. not to say that detracts from the movie. It's a nice, fun, breezy watch. Mm. And maybe for some people, it this was the introduction to, or, you know, the the start of their journey on the acceptance of LGBTQ. I don't know if, if it helps someone well and good. I just felt it could have done a little bit more and should have definitely come out maybe a decade earlier. <laughs> Oh man, I, still, I lovingly refer to it as "Call Me by Your Cast Name." So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's something. Those Speaking of for, cast, hmm. yes, what a lovely segue! Like, <laughs> it, it's almost as if this wasn't planned. <laughs> Let's Ashman Karana then gets gets another big film in twenty nineteen. Uh, and this is called Article 15, a movie I watched recently in preparation for this episode. And I really like, I really like this movie. It, obviously, uh, the premise of the film is about an IPS officer who gets stationed in the town of Lalgaon. You know, and he ends up investigating the case of three missing girls. So when I first started watching the film, I think the first thing that hits you is if you do like Korean cinema and if you know who Bong Joon-ho is, uh, this movie has a lot of influence, takes a lot of its uh, like it, it, its aesthetic from movies like Memories of Murder, uh, which is for me, I mean, it's, the plot plot also is kind of similar, like the town, a cop goes to investigate a series of murders in a, in a town. And, but the Indian twist on this is there's, there's a cast angle to it. And this came out in 2019, very much when cast politics were definitely uh, in in a uh, a new salary talk on a, on a daily basis. I mean, so, you can say it was election year. That, yeah, it was that covers yeah. everything. <laughs> Pretty much so. Yeah, it was election year, right? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I remember twenty nineteen, especially what with everything that happened up to March, it wasn't exactly the, the things, the absolute 
conversations that were going back and forth it was not not the not the nicest time and then you have article 15 that, that drops in like a bombshell and gets a lot of people talking and um, the thing with with films that deal with such heavy handed topics is the one criticism is that they're not good viewing experiences and that sometimes the the social issue at the heart of the film tends to bring the movie down that i don't think is the case with article 15 i think article 15 is as by itself is a very taut thriller that addresses some extremely disturbing issues that are very prevalent in uh, in the country at this point in time but also is a movie that you can i wouldn't say you can rewatch but a movie you you're thoroughly invested in uh, throughout its running time yeah i i don't disagree with anything you're saying i i mean you're you're you've hit the nail on the head it's mm. just uh, the the point where you said you may want to rewatch it again i don't think i ever want to watch it again yeah it is it is a bleak viewing experience uh, and again that's not to lay blame on uh, anyone from the movie it's just the subject matter is that's the nature of the subject matter it's it's an issue we've been uh, tackling not just now we've been tackling it for 4000 years now mm-hmm. so or the, the ugly form of it at least for the last 2 3 centuries so mm-hmm. or more i don't know sorry if we I, don't know yeah mm-hmm. yeah we don't know we're, we're not so, historians uh, i mean i, I think <laughs> yeah mm. so uh, it's a very bleak viewing experience uh, again i don't think it's as much of a who done it while there is the suspense angle of it, it you, you can sort of see it yeah it's pretty it really, it's pretty obvious yeah it's more a why done it like how could people like what are the depths to which humanity can plumb uh, evil and indifference and uh, like dehumanization of uh, what you call air quotes the others yeah. so it's it's just uh, it's an eye opener uh, and i i would urge everyone especially the more uh urban audiences at least in our circles while we know of the issue i feel mm-hmm. on a day to day basis we don't encounter it yeah. and we forget the prevalence that this issue still holds mm-hmm. in in maybe small smaller town communities and yeah. this film is a good reminder that this is not something that's gone this mm-hmm. is well and truly alive and kicking unfortunately mm-hmm. in our smaller towns this issue so the film if nothing else is is a much needed reminder and i would uh, definitely urge each of you to watch it hard as the experience might feel or as painful or uh, bleak as it might feel please do give it a watch it's a very nice movie uh, okay. but yeah i i don't think i want to talk more about it it's, it's a very uh, it weighs heavy. down on you Let, let's yeah, yeah it's, it's a very heavy this uh, one mm. uh, moving on to slightly um, more happier and uh any yeah. using grounds hmm. uh i think we should talk about the other sleeper hit or I, what i would call the poster child of sleeper hit in the last hmm. decade or so at least hmm. um we want to talk about badhai ho which was hmm. the other movie that came out in 2019 ayushman khan yeah. the movie yes and uh, we want to take this abin thoughts yeah so uh badhai ho uh, stars uh, i i keep forgetting I, how to pronounce this man's name gajraj rao gajraj rao okay uh-huh. so it's gajraj rao uh, nina gupta uh, ayushman khurana uh, surekha uh, sikri who, who i think is probably exceptional in this movie uh, tells us tells a story of a couple who are uh, who have a late pregnancy like they very they're very much in their late 40s early 50s uh, if not a little older and they end up getting pregnant and they are again part of a very middle class family uh, and and obviously it's the it's what entails it's the circus that it brings uh, brings with it and you have the son and you have and the son reacting to it you have the the mother reacting to it it becomes a whole dramedy i would not say dramedy it's like it's a it's a comedy meets drama uh yeah. it is it is a dramedy <laughs> <laughs> i like how that went full circle it's anyway, not a dramedy it's just a comedy that comedy, it's drama the drama uh, lovely <laughs> but yes uh, i remember i this is a movie i saw out when i was in in the us and i ended up catching it and i had a really nice time with it i thought it was entertaining i think a very tight script 
very well executed, great performances. I mentioned Sirika Sikri, who we've grown up with through Indian television and uh, and film. And she's, I think this was one of her last films before she eventually passed. Uh, Nina Gupta, again, uh, excellent in the role. Uh, and uh, so is Gajraj Rao, say so I call it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you have Ayushman Khurana being... Uh, once again, not entirely like like I mentioned with Bareilly Kibarfi, not entirely stealing the spotlight, but making a, a he's still the film's lead in yeah. the in the conventional sense, but it really is the the. I think he really the, is the straight guy who is the audience's view into the situation. Exactly, that's yeah. what he that's the role he performs really well in all of his films. Mm-hmm. It's the others that drive the message home yeah the story is elsewhere but he's the the personification of the audience who ends up going with uh, with them on this journey yeah yeah um same i think um, i didn't watch it in theaters i watched it later on on tv um but really nice movie um again very sex positive uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't judge on or it, it urges us not to judge on people who uh, if, I mean at the end of the day it's, it's about your parents having sex let's, yeah. that's what the movie is about mm-hmm. and if two people are still in love and if they're able to physically express it capably enough uh, even in, at whatever age I mean more part to them there's, there's nothing wrong with it uh, it might feel a little icky for us to think about in our situation may, may not, I don't know. But I mean, that's the reality of the situation and there's nothing wrong with it. That's the message that the movie is trying to propagate, which mm-hmm. uh, again, I, is, a, is a really nice message to put out there. Um, I particularly like Nina Gupta's performance in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, how do I put it? Even if, even in the situation with Gajaraj Rao and her character, you know, in Indian society, more is going to be like, which is something they allude to in the movie as well, right? Now you have a situation where people in their 50s or I don't know, their 60s uh, have uh, gotten pregnant. Mm-hmm. The way society reacts to the, the husband and the wife is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the husband, they're like, oh, wow, you you still got it. Got it There's yeah. that whole bravado and machismo mm-hmm. attached to it. And even he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. feeling on top of the world. While to her, everyone's like, how could you guys do yeah. this now? She is more shamed while he is uh, uh, lauded for it. Lauded for so, exactly. Which is again, very uh, similar to just generally how society... Uh, yes. So it, it sort of holds up mirror up to the hypocrisy of how society treats such a situation. Mm-hmm. And her character handles that dichotomy with a lot of grace. In fact, I would feel Nina Gupta, the way she's aged in general... Mm-hmm. To me, it's like the epitome of grace. I um, I was made to watch, I wouldn't even say I watched. I was mm-hmm. made to watch Masaba Masaba, which mm-hmm. is re- remarkably unremarkable as a show. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I really loved about the show was Nina Gupta. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, she's a very ethereal presence on screen whenever she's around. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say ethereal also. She's also very bubbly. She's energetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I think I love watching her on screen. So for me, she was the, the element that I loved the most. Uh, all in all, great message, great movie, very entertaining watch. Uh, if you haven't caught it, I would highly recommend that you do. Mm. So yeah, that was Badhai Ho. Uh, I think next up we should talk about the uh, next Dream two Girl. movies. I think yeah, Dream Girl. The next two movies we're going to talk about, I guess, didn't make as much of a splash, mm-hmm. or maybe it, it escaped our radars, which is why I feel it it mm-hmm. didn't. It mm-hmm. they both seem to have made enough. Bala not so much, but Dream Girl was a sizable hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which year. I think 2019, 2020 was when Dream Girl also came out. Mm-hmm. Um, the This movie is about uh, the whole, uh, I think there's an entire ecosystem of these call centers where you have uh, guys call in uh, to speak to uh, women and have essentially phone sex. So the, the story finds Ayushman Khurana again, in a circumstance which is not entirely of his making, mm-hmm. you find that he's economically not as well as he would have liked. And he finds mm-hmm. that this, this is a very well-paying gig. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he realizes that he's able to imitate women's voices very well. So against all odds, which once again, I think there is an underlying problematic element to it, which is that mm-hmm. uh, you have a guy come in and do what is quintessentially a women's job, uh, mm-hmm. do it better than them. 
which is uh, a little problematic in and of itself but here you have aishman khurana coming to this call center and he becomes the most popular caller immediately a lot of guys want to talk to i, I think he his nom de plume is dolly or something i don't exactly mm-hmm. remember the name so and then shenanigans follow and of course obviously then there's mm. the whole issue of phone sex being addressed uh the the only point i want to make here is while at the face of it phone sex and you know the whole phenomenon of uh, artificial or manufactured relationships might seem to be the the issue that the movie is addressing that's just a sort of conduit or it's a sort of layover to the the core issue which uh, ayushman's character sort of lays out in a monologue at the end of the film mm-hmm. which is uh, loneliness and depression which uh, which is an it is a far more widespread issue now not to king shame or anything but a lot of us may not really resort to calling into hotlines to speak to uh, women when we feel lonely so in that sense that issue is not very widespread but loneliness and depression is something i'm sure a lot of us can relate to so in that sense the movie hits much broader notes mm-hmm. and uh, i just hope that whoever watches the movie doesn't just go away with the first half of the message Mm-hmm. which is oh this is weird and you know we really shouldn't or maybe or oh this is not as weird and we try they're trying to normalize uh this whole phenomenon that's not the point they're, they're trying to normalize the fact that people are alone lonely people are depressed and this is what they're resorting to and don't judge them for it mm-hmm. um, i think that's the heart of the message and in that sense it's a surprisingly poignant message that the movie leaves you with okay. have, have you watched the movie i haven't seen dream girls no i feel like this is one of the movies that again it I feel like it came out during this somewhere around uh I think just before the pandemic I think mm. just before the pandemic and I don't like it was a, a very chaotic time in my life I didn't end up watching a lot of films like 2019 2020 specifically towards the end of it I was just I barely saw anything I and I think and by, I was here so I don't think it got a, it got a theatrical release here either mm. so I, that's something that that's on my radar once more but i i like that it what what i like about the fact is it kind of addresses themes of loneliness which is again um something we all struggled with during the pandemic i think um me Absolutely. so I was, i was in an apartment for two weeks and then i didn't even realize what it was doing to me uh, until like the end of the second week or the, when i eventually did go see somebody else it was just and some and and the thing with with, with men the, the most prevalent issue with men is they're not encouraged to talk about their feelings like you alluded to mm. and i guess with films like these they serve as vehicles for um you know to get that point across to be like hey you know what you should go talk to someone like you should go be able to like speak to somebody i encourage everybody i don't think anyone's come out of the pandemic mentally sound if they have wonderful but um i think like for me i remember it being a particularly like hard experience so much like everybody else i've been going into therapy for things and i encourage everyone to do so i feel like it's something it's a great way to to de-stress to get things to get a like a a clean perspective on things and basically declutter your life so if you are and i'm and i'm putting this out if you are going through a tough time if you deal with issues of anxiety loneliness depression so suicidal thoughts anything of of, of the sort please seek help yeah uh, there's nothing not, wrong with yeah there is absolutely it's not a sign of weakness it's, it's exactly just, in fact it's, it's i would say it, it takes courage to accept that you have a problem the biggest step the most difficult step is is making that effort to go seek help and when you do you realize just how much better your life is for it you may not exactly uh, end up it may not the first person you try may not exact may be exactly what you're hoping for but with everything else uh but i'm sure with the with the trial and error process like like it did for me you will eventually find something for you that works i assure you uh, uh but yeah that was that was uh, dream girl mm-hmm. uh we can quickly move on to the next one again i don't want to talk much about this film for me it was slightly underwhelming mm-hmm. which was again 2019 2020s bala mm-hmm. now this movie is about uh, <laughs> again ayushman khurana is in a situation Hmm. which he has little control over now this is a situation where i can understand that there's not much that he can do he, hmm. he starts dealing with hair fall hmm. when he's in his late teens or something his character hmm. 
dude just starts losing hair left right and center mostly center mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you see he has this uh, big little bald patch on the top of his not patch it's, it's like a field on top mm-hmm. of his head and he has you know that you know the anupam khair style he has a ring yes, of course yeah around and it's all mm-hmm. it's all empty up top so that's how his character is in the movie and uh, again here baldness is something the movie is called bala so the baldness mm-hmm. is something at the heart of the narrative but Uh, the underlying message i feel is self acceptance to be mm-hmm. at peace with how you look and who you are mm-hmm. nice message just the movie does a slightly ham-fisted and problematic job of dealing with it mm-hmm. because for the for the most part of the movie he wears a wig and you see yami gautam uh, again yami gautam teams up with ayushman khurana uh, in this film mm-hmm. and uh, she plays the shallow narcissistic sort of model who at least has a self awareness uh, there's a line in the film where she says i know i'm not smart i know i'm just good looking and i was banking on my good looks to take me through life so she has mm-hmm. that degree of self awareness mm-hmm. and she feels that she would have been better off with somebody who looks as good as her and mm-hmm. she places a lot of value on a head full of hair mm-hmm. and she realizes he's been duping her with big uh, with a wig mm-hmm. and she sort of leaves him and uh, yeah i think he divorces him um mm-hmm. and then there's this whole journey of self discovery self love blah 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 mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is, uh, is a bunch of predictable beats mm-hmm. um it's like you keep saying i mean uh, the biggest thing a movie can do is be boring mm-hmm. uh while this movie has its heart in the right place it's a little boring okay all of the other movies continue uh, manage to tell their co- manage to put across their core message while also being entertaining enough mm-hmm. bala falls a little short on the latter bit yeah. mm-hmm. so which is why i felt i'm a little lukewarm which i feel a little lukewarm towards this movie and bala uh, is remade from kannada film right yes uh, please please uh, what what's it uh, it's called vandu motte kate i don't come on guys I am actually for those stagger it might it might it might actually blow your mind but I don't know what I'm actually Kannada guys so like it's not like I do I know you are but you have the the bishop Kannada yeah I have this weird accent not even the bishop Kannada I have this weird <laughs> Kundapur infused nonsense where like you drag out your uh, hey my native is Mangalore too don't give me that shit yeah <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah so it is sure. it is a remake of a of a Kannada yeah. film. I think 2017 uh-huh. Kannada film called Ondu Mattiya Kate. Uh again, uh, one time watch at best. Uh mm-hmm. I would definitely not watch it again. Also mm-hmm. it uh, the movie also stars Bhumi Padnekar uh who is excessively dark skinned. It's almost sort of black face. Uh, uh she plays yeah. she plays uh, his i think abin has thoughts on this going by yeah, the groan i just feel at this point you know uh bollywood does this they try and paint people in brown face to try and get this point across like rithik roshan in was it super 30 super uh, 30 yeah, yeah they, they they've coked him in bronzer yeah, he hasn't uh, bathed in months cake, yeah it's just like cake absolute like and then they do and they do the same thing to bhumi padnekar in last last stories as well where yeah. uh, she plays yeah. the house half i'm like dude guys you, you don't have to keep like this uh, i have so many issues with it you have deny- okay i'm proud of the fact that the country has denounced fair and lovely and himami fair and handsome and all those kind of creams uh, the the komal dwaja so to speak and which uh, is uh, also something she talks about in the film like she's mm-hmm. glad that fair, she's dark and she doesn't feel ashamed about it and like great but um, a i feel cool the whole uh, post fair and lovely movement passed you by so mm-hmm. you're a little late to the party eh mm-hmm. and b uh, wasn't this movie about a bald guy like where did this yeah. come in it feels like the 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 director sort of hedging his bets mm-hmm. because uh, say if one issue doesn't resonate let me also have yeah, another, so issue. another so, one you know, that, i'm ensuring my uh, it's an issue movie and mm-hmm. you know people mm-hmm. find something to relate to so it felt a little gimmicky a little selloutie to me so not a big fan of the movie i would say this is probably the weakest this and for me shubhangal jada samdhan are probably the weakest entries in the amcu <laughs> but um uh, mm. uh, yeah maybe a one time watch it best you haven't watched it right i mean if you I haven't watched it but mm. i wouldn't especially urge you to it's fine mm. no, no. it is what it is but you know what i watched the next movie on this list 
Yes, in fact, the next movie which started uh, reignited this conversation between me and Abhin, hmm. and we, uh, or rather, pushed us to you know be like you know what, let's finally do this episode. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, talking about Chandigarh uh, Kare Ashiki, which is uh, a twenty twenty one film starring yeah. Aishman Khurana, uh, Vani Kapoor, and a host of other well known character actors. The story is about a bodybuilder in Chandigarh. Fairly dim way to do it. This was his family. Uh, ends up meeting this girl who comes to teach Zumba in uh, in his gym. Falls in love with her. They start dating, and then in, in a pivotal moment in the story, the girl tells him that she's that she's trans. Now this guy has no idea what trans is, and immediately jumps to uh, the extreme conclusion, and then reacts the way any dim way to do it would react. and uh, then thus begins this whole back and forth between him and her and ultimately leads to uh, you know like all it ultimately ends well for for the both of them is how i'd like to say i don't think it's not a heavy i wouldn't say it's a movie where uh things get absolutely dreary and it's extremely i mean it is uncomfortable to watch on several locations i feel it is very uncomfortable to watch but it's not Uh, it's not set in a world where things are very bleak it's very bright it's a very vibrant yeah. world that uh, these characters occupy and of course there's a very real issue at hand here but it, i think as a entry point to the indian audience to if you're ever going to tell a story the way um, around um, around trans visibility i think this would definitely like i think i wouldn't say it's a it's the perfect starting point but i feel it does more right than it does wrong and i don't even can and i'm and i and that's not really a compliment but more about i'm like okay fine we find we finally have a mo- movie that's taken this step now let's see where uh where things go like it's a great starting point for what's to come yeah yeah i in fact i would say before this movie the only empathetic trans character that i can remember is parish rawl from tamanna which is like mm. decades ago yeah uh, and i remember had... i remember people had issues with uh, vijay sethupathi's character in super deluxe because uh, mm. he plays right. he plays a I mean, outside character. of bollywood yes yes outside mm-hmm. of bollywood there is vijay sethupathi in in super deluxe mm-hmm. which again polarizing performance i guess there's people mm-hmm. who loved it there's people who i actually i mean i i laud him for uh, taking that step mm-hmm. super deluxe is a nice movie i felt it was a bit of a victim of hype at least in, for me okay. by the time i watched it i'd heard too much about it to the point mm-hmm. where i expected it to blow my mind it's a, it's a really nice movie but uh, like i thought it's going to be like second coming or whatever so uh, coming back coming back to the issue i felt i feel at least in bollywood <laughs> trans people haven't had positive representation for a while mm-hmm. uh, what this movie does is obviously uh, it in no way is vani kapoor shown to be anything but a nat- like a, a a born female mm-hmm. yeah sorry if, I, if if we are using any wrong terminology here guys mm-hmm. it's coming only from a place of ignorance and that's mm-hmm. something we will correct going forward but mm-hmm. apologies in advance so uh, she doesn't look like somebody who is trans uh, mm-hmm. which it, it in itself is a, a good first step for the movie starts off on the right foot mm-hmm. and um, yes it juxtaposes these two like how would you show somebody as macho as they can be make them a bodybuilder so mm-hmm. ayushman is already one you know is a polarized extreme of masculinity yeah and on the other hand you have mani um, kapoor who is trans and like you said when that uh, revelation inevitably happens in the course of the movie mm. he jumps to the the worst conclusions and uh, which is the most regressive view that and unfortunately the probably the most common view that people would have to that situation mm-hmm. and um, from there you show his journey of understanding and while i feel that the third act of the film is a little draggy especially with whatever happens with her dad and stuff Mm-hmm. that that whole 30 minutes could have probably been 15 mm-hmm. uh, but other than that i think the movie does a really good job of sensitively portraying what it feels uh, to be the sort of person that vani kapoor is mm-hmm. and uh, also there are 
uh, what this movie does really well there's a, there's a scene in a in one of the songs the sequence where uh the song is sort of a montage where you show ayushman's character sort of understanding her better mm-hmm. and there's a scene where he sees this youtube clip of a, a transition surgery and yes. while the scene starts off behind his back and you see him seeing it on screen the uh, camera slowly moves in and it the, the surgery takes up the entire screen and that's mm-hmm. sort of a cue for us to understand see and understand what uh the surgery is all about and i mean and before this honestly i had never looked it up i, I didn't know what and the surgery entails i had a vague idea but it mm-hmm. that whole audio audio the video graphic sort of shows the number of things you have to do to transition yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to biologically transition and it looks i mean the the one thought that i took away from it was if somebody has that much self belief or uh, like a belief in who they feel they are mm-hmm. to undergo something that seems as extensive and painful as the transition surgery is mm-hmm. who are we who the fuck are we to question their belief exactly like we have absolutely mm-hmm. no right if you don't want to accept then just don't interact don't question somebody who clearly this is as strong a show of conviction in oneself mm-hmm. there is no stronger show of conviction exactly but uh, yeah uh, the only problem i would say if i were to nitpick uh, was how towards the end of the film uh, ayushman's character is asked to show some sort of bravery mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, in acceptance of who ani kapoor is yeah. as they keep saying to me bahaduri dikhani hogi right. is that mm-hmm. which i i understand like this is i'm just nitpicking and this is not even a point that came to my mind honestly mm-hmm. uh, i was reading a review about it and the reviewer is somebody who is in a trans relationship or is in a relationship with a trans person so that's a point of view that the reviewer had which didn't even strike me they said you don't really have to show somebody being rewarded it's not like mm-hmm. yeah. you have to show them as doing something brave or doing something out of the ordinary if you want to normalize trans people uh you have to show it as something that's that just happens yeah. out of the order yeah, yeah that just happens which is a fair point but mm. my only counter humble counter to that is look you're catering you're talking about people who are like light years behind right exactly yeah they're not even aware of what it entails to be that sort of person mm. normalization is still like dilli dur hai as they say yeah. in hindi it's like very still mm. time If, if if the if the movie can have people watch it and then go back and even google for 5 minutes like okay i didn't know what this means or what mm-hmm. whole movement is about or what is it that they're seeking if it can trigger that thought in you i think the movie's done its job and that mm-hmm. it does like twice over i feel mm-hmm. i agree i i completely Okay, I feel uh, if there's another nitpick that I have with this film, and I do have very few nitpicks with this movie, I think the the sisters become a little overbearing towards the end, uh, and I think they're paid off. I mean, they're very much. I I don't think they're meant to be comic relief, even though ultimately I think that's what the film ends up making them uh, look like. Yeah, uh, I think they're just annoying. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's like it's a showcase of the most aggressive aspects of India, uh, and a lot of it at. Uh, is on show, but it is an an interesting starting point as to where films can go now because it has it has taken that step. And props to Vani Kapoor, dude. I mean, I guess it is because if this film goes wrong, you will mm. forever be uh, that actress. You get typecast as an actress that uh, that played the trans role, and then it's just like it was. more than i more than props to i think i give a, i mean uh, you tip your hat to the filmmakers and to the and to the screenwriters because it even though it kind of sometimes wears off the path a little bit it uh maintains like it's it doesn't jump the shark so so to speak it doesn't it doesn't turn it turn it into like the crassest of films that we've spoken about earlier in this episode like what you can cool hands and your musties and i and there's you never know right with bollywood you can never tell it depends like it really depends on which way uh the pendulum swings so i i liked it i watched it twice i thought it was there was some merits the second time i i noticed its flaws a little more prominently but i i think even for in terms of 
it, it didn't, I don't think it did too well because it dropped in 2021, but it quickly went to Netflix because the pandemic has been where it's at. And mm-hmm. it's getting a lot of uh, talk on Netflix at the moment. It's definitely like it's up in the top 10 list. So I encourage if you're at home, if you're stuck uh, in the pandemic, and if you haven't watched this yet, you probably should. It's a it's it's a pretty breezy watch to sit through. But yeah, we'll we'll have to see what he ends up tackling next anyway. And I'm sure I think he's got uh, two new films like Anek and Doctor G, which I think are to drop within this year or within the next year. Yeah. So excited. The titles seem uh, interesting. I, yeah. I wonder what they're about. I'm guessing one of them will be IVF. Yeah, possibly. So uh, I feel one of them mm. is IVF. I don't know what mm. the other is. Mm. Okay. Anek. Oh, polyamorism. Mm. Mm. Could be. You never know. Interesting, dude. Mm. <laughs> AMC uh, is getting uh, spicy. Mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully, you don't, you don't have to kill off one of your lead actresses in the first five minutes to establish a love story. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see you. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. So they opened their big mouths and out came talk, talk, talk.